ESPN Radio. This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to yet another edition of Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors. Here on ESPN Radio Syracuse, 97.7, 100.1, a.m. and 14.40 a.m. And I'm here. My, my name is Matt Slocum alongside my co-host Ryan Story. And Ryan, uh, we're, we're getting close to the uh, to the Christmas holiday. I mean, yep. just think, it was two weeks from yesterday, so we're only 13 days away. Uh, from Christmas, and um, you know, it doesn't feel like Christmas right now, does it? No, it does no. not. It was in the 60s yesterday. You know, the wind was blowing like a banshee all day, but uh, it definitely didn't feel like winter at all. Yeah, no, it it just felt weird. Um, but uh, you know, you know, here we are. You know, 12 days, 12 days from Christmas. So, uh, well, not 12, but today's today's the 12th. So 13. Um, <laughs> I, I'm getting ahead of myself. 12 days of Christmas begins tomorrow. Um, but while we're here, let, let's start off our show. We, we sort of previewed boys basketball last week. This week, uh, well, this, this show, we're going to talk more about girls basketball. And uh, we're going to work our way backwards. We're going to start with uh, Class D this time. And uh, looking at Class D... Um, you look at some of the teams that played, and again, using last year's standings is sort of, I guess you could say... A baseline? Yeah, baseline in a way. Because, again, not every single school played the exact number of games. Some didn't even play at all. Yeah. Um, take Class D, for example. There were three schools that did not play a single game at all. Alexandria... Um. Brookfield and Lyme did not play a single game last year, but if you look at the teams that did play, Madison went on being at seven and zero in Class D. Copenhagen went eleven and three. Poland ten and four. Those are some of the schools uh, to keep an eye on. Um, Alexandria, by the way, again did not play uh, a game last year, and they only have one returning varsity player coming back. That's junior center Bridget Watson. The rest of the team not even played on a JV team before. Yeah. So that'll be an interesting season for Alexandria to see how that goes. But if you look at some of the other teams to watch, uh, Copenhagen, uh, led by all CNY player Reagan Dalrymple, um, they're looking at a Class D title. They're uh, essentially a favorite. The Blue Devils of Madison bringing a seven game win streak from last year. Um, Hamilton, the Emerald Knights, uh, they have a solid nucleus of players to make a run at a title. Um, so, any other teams that stand out? You know, you mentioned them earlier when you were mentioning the teams that didn't play, and I'm looking at Brookfield here. They're a great team. They, uh, they're they 3-2 and two overall right now, but they're undefeated in their league. They've got three players with over 60 points, and you really got to look at their freshman guard, Lily Vli- Vlier Elliott, uh, she's tied for second on scoring on the team, <clears throat> and she's a player who like looks like she could easily have a breakout season. Just the entire team they play with uh, one of those—they're a high-intensity team. 
They started off one and two. It was wasn't one of the best starts for them, but they really picked. Uh, they just picked it up uh, later. They beat. They won at McCraw. McGraws, excuse me. They won by forty-five. Then they played Madison, who you mentioned. They went seven to zero last season, seventy-two to sixteen. That was the score of that game. They just dominated that team, and they just look like a team that could easily make a run in Class D. You see, Sarah Breen, uh, she has sixty-one points. Megan Cooper is sixty-four. Just all these players look fantastic throughout the season. You look at the rest of their schedule that they've got. Um, they'll have a couple games without Salic Valley, um, uh, in uh, later this year. In fact, actually, they got a game this week on the sixteenth uh, at at Selig Valley, um, and then they'll play them again uh, February first at home. And again, you look at some of the other ones. They'll take on McGraw again a second time. Team they beat sixty-five to twenty. Uh, you know, and they're five and two on the year. Uh, Brookfield is so that's yeah. that's a team. Uh, definitely want to keep an eye on. If you look at Copenhagen right now, uh, a team that I also think uh, could make a, a decent run. You look at what Copenhagen has done. They are four, uh, three and one on the year so far. They've only played four games. Their closest one was a tough 31-28 loss to Governor. Yeah. Uh, that's another team to keep on. But when you look, they played three out of their first four on the road. Mm-hmm. And they crushed the heck out of Lyme, 58-8. to eight, And then beat Watertown, 72-33. to 33. I keep a close eye on Copenhagen. I, I think Copenhagen could make a nice run. They'll have back-to-backs with Lafargeville uh, in late January later on. So Copenhagen is another team I think I uh, should keep an eye on. As we go throughout the year, let's look at Class C now. And uh, again, using last year's standings, Weedsport in Class C went thirteen and zero. Waterville was six and zero last year. West Canada Valley eleven and three. Onondaga twelve and six. Port Byron did not play at all uh, in Class C. Um, and then you have a uh, some schools that uh, did not do so well last year. Fabius Pompey went zero and ten. Morrisville Eaton zero and three. Sacquat Valley 0 and 6. South Lewis went 0 and 10. Uh, again, that's just last year. Look at um, uh, some teams to keep an eye on here. Again, Weedsport 13 and 0. Um, you're looking at how Weedsport has done so far uh, throughout the season. They've only played three games so far. They're two and one. They started off with a close 62 to 60 loss to Fulton, and then. Beat the heck out of Pulaski, eighty-three to sixteen. So they're not afraid to score any points. Yeah, and then beat Tully sixty-four to thirty so far. Um, they'll have a big matchup this week with Onondaga coming up. Uh, and you look at um, some of the stats on the on the team. Uh, uh, Mariah Quigley, the senior forward, has scored forty-three total points so far in the year for Weedsport. Um, so, who are some other teams in Class C you want to keep an eye on? You know, uh, Weedsport, again, looks like a great team. They've got to be one of the favorites. But if I had to choose one favorite, I'm taking Waterville. They've won four games in the season. And their best players are the Collins sisters. Uh, I hope I pronounced these right. Uh, Eleanor and Natalie. Uh, they both have just played great this season. Uh, they've also got their senior uh 
and Ciara Owens or Chiara Owens, maybe I don't know, but uh, they just they they're a well-rounded team, as I mentioned, four and zero on the season, and uh, they just managed to get on the boards better than a lot of the teams they play against, and just uh, they're good at like getting the fast break, just making that run up the court, and their defense. They held uh, Sherburn Earlville to eleven points. They held. Se- South White Valley to 21. This is a team that can just shut down op- opponents. They've only played one interdivision game, and I believe that was Urs County, if I'm not Kenny? Yeah. yeah, I believe that's uh, the team that they played in interdivision. But uh, it's just a team that looks really good this season, and they could definitely make a run. Yeah, they're 4-0 and right now on uh, the Young campaign. Uh, their closest win was at Vernon Verona Sherrill, just last weekend, beating them thirty-eight to thirty-five. Um, I, I, again, as uh, the Collins sisters, as you mentioned, um, a combined sixty-three points and twenty-two rebounds. Yeah, uh, between those two players, um, they're really good. Yeah. Um, also, don't count out uh, Sierra Owens, uh, senior guard there, scoring thirty-one points on the year. So, um, yeah, I totally agree. Waterville's gonna. Uh, be a really good team uh, to challenge. Cooperstown has a nice, solid group as well uh, coming back. So it's really those three teams, Weedsport, Waterville, and Cooperstown. Those are the three teams uh, you want to keep an eye on, and especially um, for um, for Weedsport, by the way. They'll have a key non-league test going up against Palmyra Macedon outside yeah. of Section 3. That's That game is going to be played February 4th. So that's a game that um, should be keeping an eye on, a big non-league test um, for the Warriors there. Real quick, before we take our first break, we'll look at Class B. And looking at the Class B, uh, <laughs> and I like what Syracuse.com has said about Class B. It says, this class is often referred to as the Killer Bees because there are just so many talented teams that compete for the coveted sectional championship crown. Yeah. I love that. Um, and, and you look at some of the teams that, uh, if you look at the teams that could prize Class B and how well, it, just look at the, some of the first first few teams on here that played last year. Marcellus, 11-0. Mexico, 10-0. South Jefferson, 6-0. Vernon Verona Sherrill, 9-1. Mount Markham, 12-4. Lowville, 6-2. Phoenix, 8-3. I could go on and on and on. Yeah. Um... That's why this team is this why this class is so good. Um Jenna Sloan at Bishop Grimes, one of the best in the section, uh, is returning as well. Um, as I mentioned with uh Mexico, uh, they have some good players coming back. Marcellus, Katie McLaughlin's coming back. Um, as well as Emma McLaughlin. So the McLaughlin sisters are back uh for Marcellus. Uh and again, some teams to watch. Um, you know, again, Bishop Grimes, Cobras returning a strong group of players. Marcellus, despite losing some talented players, they still got a good, some good depth on their team as well. Um, so who do you like so far out of class B? I mean, again, killer B class. It's hard to pick a favorite here. 
Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Generally, a team that went 8-3 and three in the prior season wouldn't be considered an underdog, but Phoenix is 3-0 and right now, and they're not considered one of the favorites, or at least I don't think they're considered one of the favorites in this class. You look at it, uh, they're led by Elena Dashna. She's a sophomore, and she's been playing out of her mind so far this season. Uh, she's averaging, like, over double digits in uh, scoring wise this year and just the entire team has managed to uh, just put the clamps on the teams they played against. They did have one close test against Onondaga where they only were able to win by two and it was just a fantastic game. Uh, we saw from the other team Riley Cox she had 22 and 20 in that game and yeah again Phoenix was really tested but they proved that they can handle the adversity that comes with uh, playing against a really good team in Onondaga, and you know, it, it, Phoenix looks to be one of the better teams in a uh, strong class. Another team that I'm looking for is more of a sleeper. They didn't have a great season last year. They went three and six, but Casanova, three and zero so far in the year. They've scored over sixty points in every game they've played this season, and they're they're led by senior Carly uh, Zalak. And uh, it just looks like a team, good leadership, good all around, good coaching. And they could definitely make a run in this Class B. You know, speaking of Casanova, they had a, a great start to the year. They're 3-0 and on the campaign. Beat Madison by 60 to start off the year, 67-7. to And then just, you know, walloped uh, Tully and Clinton, all three of those games, by the way, on the road. They'll still play two more on the road, including one this week against Syracuse Academy of Science. That game's at 6.30 on Wednesday. And then uh, they're on, then they close out that five game road trip at West Hill on the twentieth, <clears throat> um, and then they'll have a lot of league games uh, coming up after that for Casanova, uh, including closing out the season at Mex- uh, home against Mexico, seven o'clock on February tenth. So again, I kind of like that idea of a sleeper pick with Casanova because again, they didn't do so hot last year, but then again, not a lot of teams do. There's a reason why this Class B squad is pretty dangerous. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to, to have so many good teams in one class, it makes Class B so interesting. Yeah. And, you know, I expect a lot of, a, a lot of these teams to really play well going into, you know, going into the season. Again, they're not going to play a ton. Um, a lot of their games are going to be played during the months of January and February, as we all expect they would be. But, again, I keep a close eye on Class B. I think Class B is going to really surprise some people. Um, and, again, a lot, a lot of good teams. It's going to be quite fun to watch throughout the course of the year. So we'll take a break. When we come back, we will be joined by Jerry Kelly of Lafayette, the boys' football coach. He will join us here on Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors, here on ESPN Radio Syracuse, 97.7 and 100.1. is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. And welcome back to Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors here on ESPN Radio Syracuse, 97.7 and 100.1. And we are now joined 
by Jerry Kelly of Lafayette Boys Basketball. Good morning, Jerry. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing very well, thank you. Good. Uh, so let's let's get to it. Let's let's talk a little bit about uh, the boys basketball program at Lafayette. Last year, um, <clears throat> the uh, season was kind of weird uh, again due to a certain thing called COVID. Um, so how did um, you and your team handle uh, the entire situation? Um, uh, it's it was kind of an unusual season with all the COVID going around. So how did you and your players uh, handle it? It, last year was very difficult. Um, after the first week of practice, we went out on a 10-day uh, break because of COVID. And we played a lot of games in a short period of time. We ended up playing 10 games last year. Um, so we had to play a lot towards the end of the season. But the kids handled themselves very well. They worked very hard. We ended up 7-3. and three. Um, had, a, had a nice season. Again, it, it's tough because of the COVID um, we went out early, and lost, you know you, you lose ten days of practice. You got to make up for everything when you come back. But I thought the boys handled themselves very well. I was fortunate to have some very good leaders on last year's team, and they worked very hard. Uh, yeah, and you look at how your team has started off the season. You uh, dropped two games early on to Anadaga and Tully, but you your team really bounced back versus Fabius Pompey, getting a six point win. Uh, what do you think were some of the co- the reasons behind your early losses, and how did your team fix those issues for the Fabius Pompey game? Well, the first game against Onondaga, we just couldn't shoot. We did not shoot the ball very well, and we struggled offensively. Our defense wasn't bad, but again, offensively, we struggled. The second game, we ran into a buzzsaw. Tully is really, really good. Anybody who hasn't seen them play should get out and watch them. They're going to be one of the better Class C teams in Section 3. Uh, and we knew that going into it because we scouted them and we knew they were good. And again, we struggled shooting the ball. Last last Friday night against Fabius, probably our most complete game of the year. And Fabius has got a very nice basketball team. They're going to do some damage before the season's over. But we played really good defense. Um, and we, you know, we switched a couple things up defensively. We played well defensively. Also got contributions from other... We have uh, Christian DeJoseph is a very, very good basketball player. And and everybody knows that. So we're going to need contributions from other guys. And we had a sophomore, Bryant Moses, who stepped up and had 18 points and 10 rebounds Friday night. And he got some good um, help from some other guys offensively. So the boys really played uh, really well Friday night. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Christian DeJoseph and uh, Bryant Moses as uh, two of your uh, standout players. Uh, what is your offensive uh, philosophy, uh, especially with uh, DeJoseph and uh, Moses? Uh, how, do you, how do you establish the offensive game plan? Uh, so what's your standard offensive tactics, without going into too much detail, obviously? Some of it depends on who we're playing and what they're going to play. We like to have a lot of motion, a lot of moving, a lot of screening. And Friday night, we actually did it, I think, against Tully. One of the things that happens when you have younger players is they end up standing around sometimes and watching Christian because Christian's a very good basketball player, and he does have the ball in his hands a lot. So we ended up sometimes watching. But we kept preaching, uh, preaching, we need to move, we need to move. 
And Friday night, you know, guys were setting good screens and rolling to the basket. You know, and we have a couple good shooters that when they're on, we're going to open up the middle of that uh, defense. Christian Christian is willing to give the ball up. We just have to move. And Sean Zajac and Chris Bergamo are two guys that can shoot the ball from outside. Um, and that helps us when they're knocking down shots. It opens up the court for Christian. And you've mentioned Christian and just how good he's done. He went and he's made a huge jump this season. He went from averaging around 15 points per game last year and to this season he's averaging over 20 points per game. Uh, what do you think is the main cause behind this massive jump in performance? Well, I think last year we had uh, a couple guys that were really good players with him. Colin Morrell was one kid who graduated, who I uh, led our team in scoring. He was a very good player. And he also had a couple of Mason Shoot and a couple other guys that were pretty good players with him. This year, everybody knows who the guy is, and that's Christian. And he's worked hard. He's spent a lot of time over the last three or four years working. You know, he's been over with Coach Crisco at Bishop Blood and working in the offseason. He puts in a lot of time. And the next two years will be his year. Uh, you, when you work as hard as he does and you handle the ball as much as he does and shoots and goes to the basket, I mean, he does it all, not just on the offensive end. He's had two games in a row uh, with five blocks, and then last game he had three. And, and some of those blocks that he's had are just phenomenal defensive efforts. You know, he's only about 6'2", so it's not like he's a big, big kid. Gets off the ground well. And he can shoot the ball. He'll shoot the ball better as the season goes on than he has from outside right now. He's been going to the basket quite a bit. But he's a kid that works hard, and he's put the time in, so he deserves everything he's getting. So, Coach, uh, heading into it, you know, as I mentioned, it's uh, 13 days uh, before Christmas. Um, what, what, heading into the end of this year, again, this year has been, you know, crazy as, as hack, uh, essentially, uh, with all the you know the COVID still going around and everything, what are you most uh, thankful for as we head towards the end of this year? I mean, the thing I'm most thankful for is my family. When it comes to my kids, I'm just thankful for the fact that they work hard. Um, my my team, I've always preached to my team to to do things in the community, work hard out there, and they do that. For instance, right now between our boys and girls basketball teams, we have a collection, a toy collection. We're Galasana Hospital. We're collecting uh, new toys, and we're going to be taking them up next week. Just teaching the kids there's more in life than basketball. Uh, we are heavily involved with the More Than a Game Foundation, raising money for the fight against cancer. Those are the things that are most important to me. A lot of people know I lost my wife 11 years ago to cancer, and before she passed away. Fighting cancer was a big deal for us. We were heavily involved with Coaches versus Cancer. Then we moved over to the More Than a Game Foundation. And I'm fortunate because my kids buy into and understand how important it is to help fight. It's one of those things where you just never know when it's going to happen. So it's important that we keep doing that. Yeah, and that's just a great story, real inspirational. And you know, just looking uh, at your team this season, and it seems like they've really gotten that message. They've played just, they seem like a real strong group of kids that just plays with their heart every night. Uh, so just but looking at some of the other teams in your class, uh, are there any specific teams or players that just look really tough to play against this season? Well, you know, normally I have to mention Tully. Um, 
They've beaten everybody they've played so far by more than 30 points a game. They're good. they're very, very good. They're well coached. That's the one thing with Tully is Ryan Gendel's a heck of a coach and does a great job. So they have a very good team. And Weedsport is always very good. And Cato's, Cato's probably going to be a tough team again this year. I haven't seen the other teams in our division, but I know that Cato, Weedsport, and Tully are going to be very, very good. The last guy's on the rise because they, they have a new coach um, that's taken over and He's injected some energy in the kids, and they seem to be playing hard. So I, I think Class C is going to be very, very um, competitive. Utica Academy of Science, I believe, is still a Class C, and they look to be very, very good this year. So it's going to be a very tough, tough uh, sectionals tournament this year. Well, Coach Jerry uh, Jerry Kelly, uh, thank you so much for joining the program here today, and I wish you nothing but the best of luck. Have yourself a Merry Christmas, and uh, hopefully we'll see you again next year. Thank you very much. Same to you. Thank you, Coach. All right. Bye. Bye. When we come back, we will have Sean Zajac, also from Lafayette. He will join us on the show here here on Players Only, presented by ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1. Don't go away. This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. And welcome back to Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors here on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1. We are now joined by Sean Zajac, senior forward at Lafayette High School. Sean, welcome to the program. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Oh, we're glad to have you on. And so let, let's talk a little bit uh, about uh, your team right now uh, heading into this season. Obviously last year, uh, let's talk about last year for a bit. Uh, last year was kind of crazy. You know, certain thing called yeah. COVID <laughs> ruining everything. Um, uh, so how did, how did you yourself as a player uh, deal with the fact that that you know everything was going to change you know uh with all the covid issues going around and you know the mass mandates in place how did you handle that individually as a player well earlier in the year um i think a lot of people weren't really expecting to have a season at all so it was really nice to actually be able to have a little bit of a season Mm -hmm. so it kind of snuck up on us fast um with our team so we had to start preparing pretty late, and we um, ended up doing. We were pretty successful last year, and I think if we were able to have a full season, we could have been a pretty successful post uh, postseason team too. Mm-hmm. But I was only a junior, so I felt bad for my seniors and stuff because they um, lost their last chance at like a sectional run. So. Um, I feel like we still did pretty good as a team, and everyone still kept their head up, even though we didn't have a full season. So it was still pretty good. Yeah, and as a senior, uh, how much of a leadership role are you playing for your team this season? Um, well, I'm one of our, I'm one of the captains, and I feel that we have a pretty young team. So no matter how the team goes, I have to keep my head up and keep pushing for the team to keep the younger kids' head up and make sure they're learning and having a good experience. So, Sean, uh, so far on the year, 
Um, you've scored nine points total, uh, as well as grabbing 13 rebounds. Uh, and it says here you're a forward on the team. So what do you think is your main responsibility uh, in in leading Lafayette in games? What What's your primary responsibility, both offensive and defensive? I feel like my main role is to keep the energy up and to just make sure everyone's doing their job and to be, have a lot of talk in the zone. And I'm a little, I'm in a little bit of a shooting slump right now, but usually I'm a much better shooter, so usually I could get some good, get a few threes in every now and then. But I feel like right now in my slump, my main role is to just stay active on defense and be as productive as I can. Yeah, and is there any specific player on your own team that just really pushes you to be better that you just compete with in practice on a consistent basis? Yeah, my teammate Christian Joseph, he's he's a junior and he's really talented and he's a great scorer. He's an all-around really good player, good defender. And I feel like going up against him makes anyone on our team a lot better. So you're a senior uh, this year. Um, so, you know, being a, being a senior this year, that means you're, you're taking a lot more of a, of a leadership uh, standpoint. Uh-huh. How How is that, you know, do you, like, actually lead the team and, like, you know, pregame rituals or anything like that? Do you keep the team involved in some way, shape, or form? Well, I try before the game to just get the team together in the locker room and get them energized and get them ready to go out and play a good game. And after the game, win or loss, I try to tell them the things they did good and the things we need to work on. And we just got to make sure we learn something from every game. So that's what I try to do. Yeah, and less on the team aspect and more personally, uh, what are some goals that you have for yourself this season? Um, I kind of want to improve my uh, offensive productivity because I've been doing pretty decent on defense, but me myself, I kind of I want to start uh, do, doing a lot better scoring and just develop offensively. So with that with that in mind, um, we, we had uh, your head coach on here earlier, uh, Coach Kelly. Um, mm-hmm. I asked him um, what is he most thankful for now that you know Christmas is only thirteen days away. Um, so I'm going to ask you the same question: What are you most thankful for uh, as we head into the Christmas holiday and towards the end of the year? Um, you know, my teammates my coach for making everything possible and that we're able to have a full season this year and hopefully nothing gets blocked off like it did last year. Yeah. And you look at uh, just everything that you guys have done this season and it really seems like you've managed to, although you have, as you admitted, been off to kind of uh, slow start scoring. Uh, mm-hmm. What parts of your game did you work to improve on over the past off season when you had all that time due to COVID? Now that you're bit to play again, what aspects of your game did you improve? Um, throughout COVID and stuff, I um, uh, like physically became stronger and I lost a good amount of weight, so I was able to become quicker. So my def- my defense was definitely my most improved um, aspect this year. So let's let's close off here in this uh, segment here with a little bit of uh, some quick fire questions here. Uh, so an- try to answer them as best as you can. Um, there, okay. there might even be a little bit of a holiday theme here, so you never really know. 
Um, so first question I'm going to ask you, really basic. Uh, favorite movie to watch? Uh, Elf. Elf, really? Nice. Yeah, I love nice. that movie. <laughs> hey, and just like that, we got a holiday answer right off the board. Um, Try my best. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, uh, favorite music to listen to before a game? Uh, Hip hop, like Dre, Kendrick Lamar, Future, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite pregame ritual? Um, oh, shoot. Drinking a bang energy drink from Burn. <laughs> really? <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> That'll get you hyped up every single day. Yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, favorite subject in school? History. Nice. Uh, any particular kind of history? Um, U.S. history. Nice. Not, not to, uh, uh, did, did you take, uh, I don't know if you mind sharing, um, did you take the U.S. history regions? Uh, no, I didn't. You didn't yet? Or you No, just... I got opted out of it. Oh. Because of COVID. Lucky. I yeah. had to take it. <laughs> I heard it's a tough one. Really? That's what I've heard. I'd be wrong, though. Yeah. Um, Ryan, did you take it? No, I haven't taken it yet, but I've heard, yeah, it's. Probably going to be pretty tough next year. They must have toughened it up because I took it in 2009 and I got like a 97 on it. <laughs> so huh. I, they might, they must have tightened it up. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, speaking of holidays, um, favorite Christmas tradition? Uh, me and my family go to my aunt's house every year and we have like a Christmas Eve celebration, which I really like to do. Mm-hmm. What was your best Christmas gift you ever got? Oh, two years ago, I got tickets to a Knicks game, and I went with my dad, and that that was really fun. Nice. Who'd they play? Yeah, it was great. Who, who did they play? 76ers. Oh, the Sixers? Who won? The Knicks did. Nice. They beat you. Yeah, it was a close beat. game. It was a really good game to be at. <laughs> yeah. So how, how did it feel being in being inside Madison Square Garden? I mean, the most most famous arena of all time. How did it feel? It was, it's so much different than how it is on TV. It's like, it's like hard to understand how many people are there at once and just how many people are just enjoy watching. Like it was just, it was so loud, so much energy. It was just, it was so fun. It was great. Nice. Uh, famous Christmas food. Um, if you have one, um, it, is ham a Christmas food? Is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I would say ham. Though. Ham. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how about? Uh, do you eat any desserts during Christmas? I don't think we really do any like traditional desserts, but we eat cheesecake, and I love That's cheesecake. A good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, cheesecake's a good one. Uh, and real, real quick, since uh, New Year's Eve is coming up as well, mm-hmm. not even six days after. New any New Year's resolutions for twenty twenty two? Um, probably to just. I've already kind of been doing it, but just to keep going to the gym five or six days a week, keep up with that, be consistent with it. Nice. The grind, yeah. <laughs> just just continue to be healthy all 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 year long. That's that's what I yeah, like. pretty much. So that you know, Sean. 
Sean Zajac, thank you so much for joining the program today. Uh, wish you nothing but the best of luck. Have yourself a Merry Christmas, and uh, hopefully we'll talk again next year. Thanks for having me, and hopefully, yeah. All right. Take care, Sean. You too. All right. Bye. We'll take a break. When we come back, we will finish up the rest of our girls' basketball preview with Class A and Double A. You don't want to miss that. We'll wrap up players only here on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7, 100.1 FM, presented by Point Guard Advisors. Don't go away. This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. And welcome back to Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors here on ESPN Radio Syracuse, 97.7, 100.1 FM, 1200 AM, 1440 AM. And uh, also you can get the show on podcasts. Yes, wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple or Spotify or whatever, or you can just go to ESPNSyracuse.com where you can catch the podcast there as well. So let's talk about girls basketball here. Let's wrap up our girls basketball preview. We first start with Class A. And I think really when you think of Class A, there's only really one team you can think of right now uh, at the current moment is New Hartford uh, with Kaya Henderson, who was a great story about her on Syracuse.com. She's playing in the first seven games of the season for New Hartford before heading off to the Ohio State University in January, a team, uh, the Buckeyes, by the way, who played Syracuse women's basketball in the ACC Big Ten Challenge and lost by six points, 97-91. But that's beside the point. New Hartford is looking really good so far on the year. They're 2-0. and Beat Rome Free Academy by a point where Miss Henderson scored 55, Ryan? 55. 55 double nickels. Uh, on Rome Free Academy in a, in that one point win that was fantastic seventy four seventy three, and then beat West Jenny sixty five fifty on the road. So they're two and zero on the young campaign right now. They'll have some good games coming up. They got Utica Notre Dame this Tuesday on the fourteenth, and then uh, later this week uh, at home against Utica Proctor. So two Utica teams uh, they'll be facing off uh, later on uh, this week. So let's look at the rest of Class A. Who do you have your mind on? Um, well, I think the overall favorite for Class A is Bishop Ludden with uh, New Hartford losing, who is obviously their best player uh, so early in the season. I'd say the favorite has to be Ludden. They were 9-0 last year, uh, so they've started off the season 2-0. and And one of those wins was against CNS, and that's obviously a great win. They've just got a strong one-two punch of Caitlin Kibling and Amara Strife. They're both averaging at least 20 points per game. And so uh, you just got to look at that as a team that is really going to be just one of the contenders. Uh, Amara Strife was the uh, OHSL Liberty Division Player of the Year last season. So uh, she's obviously going to be the leader of this team as a junior. And and some of the other teams... it's not a one-dimensional class. You've got Jamesville DeWitt, who I really have my eye on. Uh, they just look like a well-rounded team. They don't have that one player who I'd say will just drop 30 points for you when you need it, but they've got a bunch of players who can just 
put the ball in the hoop, get that bucket. Uh, you got Anaya Neal. She has 30 as a sophomore. Avis Androni, a freshman guard. She has uh, she scored 31 points on the season. And uh, overall, it's just a team that uh, looks really good, just well-coordinated, a bunch of efficient players. You know, and one of the key games that Syracuse.com has listed here is uh, Janesville DeWitt at Bishop Grimes, uh, February 2nd, uh, a Class A versus Class B game. Uh, that that ought to be a fun one. Um, also, Bishop London taking on Bishop Kearney, a strong, and I mean strong, Section 5 opponent. Uh, that game later this week uh, for Ludden. So, again, some key games to keep an eye on. And let's head to Class AA, speaking of Cicero North Syracuse. In AA, um, a lot of players uh, graduated last year. A lot of all CNY players. Uh, Jessica Cook, Cicero North Syracuse. Uh, Amaya Williams at Nottingham. And we'll, we'll touch on Nottingham here in a minute. Uh, there's some interesting situation going on there. Uh, at Nottingham, Lexi Rowe from FM and Katie Cunningham of West Jenny. All four of those players graduated. Um, but if you look at the class, class AA as a whole, um, some teams to keep an eye on. Again, we mentioned the North Stars. They have an 11-game win streak. But again, they got to fill the void left by All-CNY Player of the Year, Jessica Cook, who graduated last year uh, as well. We talked a little bit about uh, some other teams as well, Rome Free Academy, a good team. Liverpool has a good team as well. Uh, Nevaeh Wingate for Liverpool has received offers from Binghamton, Canisius, and Albany. Some three really good uh, D1 college programs there. Um, so with that being said, who do you like? At, well, real quick, we want to mention Nottingham. Nottingham is not fielding a varsity team this year. Reason being is they only have one experienced player coming back. And uh, so they're not fielding a varsity team. Instead, they will be playing on the JV squad. So no varsity team this year for Nottingham, uh, which I think is a bummer because Nottingham has always had a great program on yeah. the girls' basketball side. So with that being said, who's your favorite heading into Double A this season? And CNS was eleven and zero last year, but after losing Jessica Cook, I don't know if they can uh, bounce back as well as one would think. I'd say the favorite this year is Baldwinsville. They started off 3 and 0 so far. They were 7 and 3 last year and I expect them to take a big jump by uh, taking that spot as the uh favorite of Class AA. Uh you look at senior Cindy Hutala, she's averaging over 21 points a game. Jada Pyle over 13 points a game and they've got a dominant center in Cairo Wilbur and just having that center who can just get the rebounds for you kick out to the uh, corners get those open threes that's what you need especially uh, for class double-a where the competition is going to be very tough so uh, Baldwinsville is definitely the team that if I had to choose one team to win it all that would be my pick but then another sleeper would be uh, Christian Brothers Academy. I know we've brought them up so many times, but it's just, <laughs> uh, they've, it seems like in every sport they're having a great season. Last year they were too intense, so that's why I would consider them a sleeper. They've started off 3-0 in the season, already surpassing last year's win total. Mm -hmm. Chiana Williams averaging over 17 points a game. Junior Amelia Bonacci, 11 points a game. And uh, they've just had some really class wins over teams like FM, Central Square, Oswego. And uh, it's just a team that looks like they could definitely make a run for this one. Well, what a great way to end that out. 
talking to talking about CBA and all the success they've had. I mean, we've mentioned their their football program winning a state title. Um, so a lot of lot of good stuff coming out of CBA, as you mentioned, Ryan. Um, so that's about it for this show for this week. Um, thank both of our guests for coming on the show today. Uh, both from Lafayette, Sean and Jerry. Thank you so much for coming on the show again. Um, for my co-host Ryan Story, I'm Matt Slocum. Wishing you a very good rest of your Sunday. Enjoy the sunshine while it lasts. It's supposed to be a good day, and the winds, thank God, died down. Yeah. Ugh, 62 mile an hour wind gusts. I heard uh, in a lot of areas. Um, so definitely something to be thankful for. Is at least we're all safe and sound from all that. Um, at least up here. So, um, again, take care, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week here on Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors, here on ESPN Radio Syracuse, 97.7 and 100.1. So long, everybody.